Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the States as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the Word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. Hey girls, we are so excited to be here with you on our Waves Ministry podcast, and we are on our last week of this Detour series, and I've really enjoyed it. And today I have... As well as Millie and Brenna on our podcast. So, hey, say hey, girls. Hello. Hello. (laughs) We are so excited to all be together. If you don't know this, girls, um, our Waves team gets together every Friday and we pray for you guys and we work on Waves stuff. And so, if you ever have prayer needs or prayer concerns, like please shoot a DM to our Instagram. And we can be praying for those things for you guys on Friday mornings. Um, We're excited to do that. Um, But as we finish up this detour series, um, I just wanted to ask you girls before we dive into our topic, what has been your Corona comfy hairstyle? Well, mine has been doing absolutely nothing to it. So my hair is naturally like wild and wavy and big. So it's just been, I've just been letting my hair just fly. (laughs) Listen, big hair, big faith. I'm on that. There you go. <laughs> I just, uh, I just cut all mine off like a month ago now. Um, it's like a little bob thing. So I've been putting it in like a half top knot. It's like mom life hair. So I don't know if it counts as Corona. It's just like, <laughs> hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is well, what I, I can do. <laughs> I've been joking around today on our call. I have a really high top knot going on and I've been (laughs) bouncing it back and forth, but I really haven't been doing like, this is not my typical Corona hair right now. My typical Corona hair has been, um, I've been actually fixing it, but, um, usually about three o'clock I get tired of it because I've needed a haircut. I think I've missed two haircut appointments now. And so it's like heavy. My hair's really thick. And so by three o'clock, it's in a ponytail every day. Um, but anyway, okay. So what has been the most needed thing that you've done during quarantine? Um, I have been cleaning out my house, just all of it. I take like a little <laughs> section every day, like my, like the, all the junk drawers I'm trying to clean out. And there's so many junk drawers. I didn't realize we had like every drawer <laughs> is full of they reproduce. <laughs> yeah, no. Or I'm like, well, that one's full. I'll just put this box of matches in this other one. And then there's like, you know, Taco Bell sauce <laughs> packets and like just, a lot, I think like a lot of sauce pack- packets and random candles. I don't know. <laughs> so funny and receipts and stuff. So I'm cleaning all that stuff out. We're getting ready to move here in a few months. And so, um, I'm having to do that. So it kind of, the timing worked out pretty good actually to just be able to do that every day. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. What about you, Brenna? I think for me, I've just been spending a ton of time, like being outside and chilling and not working towards having to complete something. So I'm just like extra time, just chilling, which has been great. Um, so I'm like, oh, I can paddleboard for however many hours I want, or I can go lay out and do this and like, not, it's been really fun and good for me to just like not be having like an agenda. 
Um, so for me, just like being outside for like endless extra hours has just been really good. That's awesome. Well, I have a confession. I have, so my dresser in my bedroom has this, which by the way, I got my dresser on like the Facebook marketplace thing. I'd never used it until I bought this dresser. Y'all it's legit. It's really pretty. I love it, but it has a mirror on it that basically has these like the mirror kind of folds in and so there's space behind the mirror. And so whenever I am busy and I don't have time to like put things away, I shove things behind the mirror <laughs> on my dresser. Y'all, it had made a pile up to the height of my face. And so I still had like my plugs from Africa, like the adapters for the special plugs over there. Like I still had those I had not put away from our Africa trip in October. And so, yeah, I know. Judge me. Go ahead. Um, but I, <laughs> I cleaned all of that up and it is completely free back there. And I am determined not to shove anything else behind there. Um, go, go you. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, okay. So tell me just as like, as we're all sitting here doing this podcast, um, tell me about your favorite spot in your home, like your favorite spot that you love to go to sit in your favorite room, chair, whatever. <laughs> I would say I've been on my front porch a lot because then I can like see people moving in the neighborhood and wave at them, but I'm like far enough away. And also I'm being outside and it's been nice to just, you know, see, feel the sunshine, um, and do my quiet time and just like, I've been working out there on my computer. I've just kind of been like gathering there like every day. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. I like what about to, you, um, Tay? I like to make my bed really pretty. Because it's like the one spot in the house that doesn't have a bunch of stuff on it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I'll make it really nice and then put Millie's toys like on the bed and we'll just sit there and I'll like. We watch, we watch TV. We watch a lot of TV lately. <laughs> so, <laughs> but my husband insisted on having this giant TV in our bedroom. So I'm like, might as well take advantage of it in a really comfy spot. So yeah, I love, I love our bed. We have like a really soft comforter. So I just come in here and we just sit and we play on the bed. It's nice. <laughs> Aw, I have, um, I have a sunroom and I don't, I, the girls can kind of see it maybe behind me, but I have a really pretty tree that's in full bloom right now that has pink flowers. Um, and so anyway, I have like a cozy, comfortable chair with an ottoman and I can see out my pretty backyard. And I love that. I, I love that I can see the outdoors, but still be inside in the cool. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, I your back porch is so nice. <laughs> I love it. So that's kind of my favorite spot. I have like a big comfy red chair and a big comfy brown chair that I do a lot of my quiet time and sermon writing and stuff. But, um, so I just want to ask you guys, as we're talking about this detour series, and we've kind of talked about over the last few weeks, the fact that this Corona thing has been a major detour for so many people and just girls. I know my heart has gone out to like those that are seniors that you aren't getting to have like your last day of school. You're not getting to have your prom. You're, I mean, you're just the things that kind of have been milestones you're having to skip over and it's taken a detour on your life. But as we talk about detours, what is a physical detour that you girls have been on? What's the last one that you've gone on that you can think of? Um, I don't, 
I'm trying to think on this one, but I would say like recently, the last one, because I mainly have been just doing active things outside, <laughs> yeah. um, was when I went paddleboarding on Western Lake and I was, didn't really know where I was going to go, but I just wanted to be out in the water and was like, oh, I really want to get to where I can like see the dunes. But to like get through there, I had to like lay down flat on my paddleboard and float under the bridge to get out there. Oh my and God. so I always get a little nervous like around yeah. that area because it's kind of swampy. Like, are there alligators? Like, I'm not like super scared with that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like it's kind of dark under the bridge and I'm like laying on my paddleboard hoping I could just like float through to get there. But then once <laughs> I came out and that, so that was like, a little detour that's like to get where I want to get like I've got to do that you know <laughs> Brenna I just want you to know that I have anxiety for you like <laughs> y'all if you follow Brenna on social media you see sometimes that she posts like that she's going paddleboarding it said and I'm like that's when the sharks come out Brenna and I'm like your lord just protect Brenna right now like I just want you to know that I have anxiety on your behalf like, do you That's get nervous about like creatures? I do, <laughs> but I also like, because I want it, but what I like being out there on the water and seeing the sunset and being adventurous overrides that to me. Okay. So I'm Got like, it. I'll be fine. But I will say there are like, uh, yeah, I do sometimes get nervous and I'll like, if I get like a zombie area, let me like I possibly can and like, you know. <laughs> But it's definitely like an up and down when I'm paddling, which I kind of like that because it's like, I don't know, it's fun. But there is that part of the nature I, of a three on the Enneagram thing? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really like processed through that, but I do enjoy it. But there are times I get nervous and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay away from that area of the water. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can't swim to you or anything. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I think it's like when I, I feel like if I'm on my board, I'm like totally fine and nothing can touch me. <laughs> so not true. <laughs> Girls, just know I'm covering Brenna in prayer when I look at her. Um, <laughs> Tay, I've been meaning to tell you that, by the way. That's hilarious. Well, I did. I grew up like um, swimming in areas that did have alligators around when I was little and like would get scared but then my mom would be like it's fine because she grew up on this like huge lake that had like animals in it so okay. I grew up kind of having to like overcome that a little bit but yeah. still care it still kind of carried it with me every time I got in the water but it, I mean I've been fine <laughs> good hey what about you <laughs> um well the only thing I could really think of is that they've been doing a lot of traffic or I can't think of words or anything um, they've been doing a lot of construction on Highway 98 for, I don't know, 15 years now. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and so there's been a lot, I feel like there's been several, like re recently, just in the past like few months, several different instances of them doing detours to where, cause we've got like, you can take back roads, um, to get through that particular section of 98. You don't have to go actually on 98. So I typically do that, but, um, like recently, if I've had to go to the store or whatever, I I end up having to go out onto 98 or go. I have to take a detour, and I don't. I like I haven't planned on it, and I think I'm 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 kind of a person. If like if I have a plan in my head, and I want it to go a certain way, and it doesn't, I kind of like the Lord showing me. I tend to lose my cool a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think we're like in a in a process of just refinement of like that stuff coming up, and I'm. I'm like what the heck is going on here I get so frustrated 
-hmm. And then it's like, I still get to where I need to go. And it actually doesn't take as like, it doesn't take any longer. It takes the exact same amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think there's been a few of those recently. And it's just honestly, it's just showing my ugly. (laughs) (laughs) That's always fun. (laughs) Yeah, I feel really good about myself. (laughs) Construction is frustrating. (laughs) It is. Well, there's this, um, I, I went to the bank the other day and where my bank is positioned, like if you turn out on to old 98, like, or not old 98, like the back roads in Destin, um, to turn left, which is the direction of my home, like you have to wait forever and ever, amen, to get out. And so yes. I made my own detour and I like... I cannot tell you how many times I will turn the wrong direction and go through a roundabout in order to not have to wait. Like, yeah. I'm so <laughs> impatient. Like, it's awful. I feel you. And so, like, I feel you. Yeah. I, there's, like, a whole section in Destin where I will legitimately turn the wrong direction and do a roundabout just so that I don't have to wait. Um, and so I know I've I did that before. recently. Um, <laughs> But, um, but that's not like a roadblock sort of thing, but it kind of is, but that's the last thing I can think of, um, for a detour. Um, but whenever you guys like get back on the right path after a detour, like what is your feeling that you typically feel like? Um, like relieved frustration, (laughs) like, (laughs) great, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Cool. Yeah, I would say relieved. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I can breathe again. <laughs> I got an attitude about it. <laughs> like, glad that was over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. yeah. That overwhelming like sense of relief is there. And I think like for me, I always feel like as soon as I get back on the correct path, I look at the clock to see if I lost any time. Like, it's like, oh, did I lose time by doing that? I don't know. <laughs> Or did I, I catch up on two, time? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm constantly like doing that. Um, How quickly can I get all these things done? <laughs> I, I'm like, I have 20 minutes. What can I do? Like, I legitimately yes. did that the other day in my house. I was like, how many things? Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you guys, so our, um, our topic today is like paths to victory. As we've been studying Jonah, like, we've kind of gone through this process with Jonah that he was asked to go to a certain place. He didn't want to go. So he took, I mean, he took a major detour because he ended up in the belly of a fish because he was disobedient. Um, as soon as he talked to God about it and repented, like God spit him out of the fish and he was able to go back to doing what he was asked to do. Um, but as he goes about, and we talked about last week, just the simple message that he had like a seven word message. Like it was not even a big drawn out message, but it was just basically, Hey people, y'all need to repent or your city, you're going to be destroyed. Like that was the message. Yeah, it wasn't even a happy message. It was like, you're going to die. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was, it was just direct and to the point. And yeah. so, um, for Jonah, like what ends up happening is as he is preaching this simple, like negative, even message, God brings about like this total revival, like total um, turnaround for these people. And so he leads them into a path of victory through that message. 
Um, in fact, like in Jonah 3, uh, starting in verse 5, it says, So the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth for the greatest to the least of them. And the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, uh, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Like, don't let, not, don't even let your cows eat anything. Like, everybody's going on a fast. And it says, don't let them eat, don't let them drink any water. Um, let every man, every beast uh, be covered with sackcloth. Think about that. Like, putting sackcloth on your cows? Like, come on. And let them all cry mightily to God. Yes, let every single one of them turn from their evil way and from their violence um, that is in their hands. And who can tell if God can turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that they may not perish? And it says, this is the part I love in verse 10. It says, then God saw their works and they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon the earth and he did not do it. So I think about like their repentance led them to a path of victory with the Lord that he, he, as they relented in their evil ways, God relented his, his plan to destroy them and it led to victory for them. And you think about like for a king, a mighty king to get off of his throne and literally go sit in ashes, like, wow. If half of our leaders would do that like, before the Lord, like, could you imagine? And so mm -hmm. I think about like those paths of victory. And I just want to ask you guys, like, we all have had to say, okay, God, I surrender it to you. I repent. I give it over to you on different things. And that's led to our victory. But like, what's an area of your life that you have victory in? I like, there are several different areas, like, like, I mean, places you get freedom, but like, I have, um, I s dealt with for years, um, growing up with, um, like, um, really bad nightmares, like night terrors and stuff like that. Just really, it was just really like demonically influenced stuff. Um, and I got freedom over that. Um, and, and really like in that freedom, I got authority. Um, and so that anytime if someone is dealing with nightmares or whatever, like every, any, every single time I've ever prayed for anyone that has been dealing with like nightmares and that kind of torment in the night, um, I can pray for them and it goes away immediately. That's um, awesome. It's super cool. Like that's the first thing that comes to mind is, is just like having that victory over it. Like when you get the victory, you also get the authority, which is super cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love Um, it. I think. I think for me, it'd probably be like self-condemnation. Um, I tend to really be very hard on my own self and like way more than the Lord has and just, and it stirs up a lot of fear. So I'd say fear and condemnation, those kinds of things in my mind. Um, and that is not trusting in God's perfect love for us and his care for us. And so I really had to work through, um, you know, when I'm weak, God's strong, leaning on and his power and put power, love in his sound mind. And I feel like that's like my mantra verse for my life. Um, and just God really walked through shifting my mindset and breaking me free of all of that um, by just replacing a lot of that with his word and, um, and the truth of who he is and reminding myself of that. So I would say just a lot of fear. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I think like whenever I was thinking about this, the thing that kind of came to mind for me was uh, forgiveness. 
like whenever I was in middle school, high school, college, I had a lot of unforgiveness towards my dad and like the Lord broke me free of that. And not only free of that in that one particular relationship, but, um, over the last, like maybe about seven years ago, I went through some intense, like freedom training and experiences like going through a thing called Sozo where Sozo is a Greek word that talks about, Mm -hmm. um, just wholeness and freedom and healing. And so I worked through a lot of unforgiveness with, with that and learning how to forgive and release people. And it's funny because like now I see that even though I had a lot of unforgiveness towards my dad over the years, like people are, you can be easily offended all the time and like decide that you don't like somebody that you're going to get angry, but I'm pretty quick to forgive. And so like, that's one of the things, like the moment I start to feel like, Oh, so-and-so hurt me, or they said something harmful or that's offensive that they said, like, I'm pretty quick, like to go, okay, I forgive and release them. What's my part in it? What's their part in it? God, what do you say? Um, and I think that's where I, even here in the last year, there's been a couple tough conversations I've had to have with people where I've had to forgive people. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm so glad and, and people have looked at me and gone, well, they don't deserve your forgiveness. And I'm like, yes, they do. Like they 100% do, but I don't mind leading other people through how to forgive others because I'm pretty quick to do that. Um, what kind of path did you take to get those victories that we just talked about? So Tay, like for you, what kind of path did it take for you to get freedom from those night terrors and things? Um, I've, I mean, that kind of thing, something that is um, that kind of torment and you guys know, like, like that kind of, it's, it's demonic really. So that, that mm-hmm. honestly just, it just took an encounter with the power of God um, and he just delivered me and, um, and just whatever whatever was happening there, whatever open door I had that allowed the enemy to come in and operate like that. Um, he just, he just brought healing, um, and just, him just brought that freedom. Um, and even now, like if I have, if I, if I do have like a bad dream or something like that, like I know I have authority over it and it's not even something that bothers me anymore. And typically like the Lord speaks to me through it. Um, and it shows me different things in the spirit. So it's kind of cool. Like it's just become more of a weapon. Um, uh, you know, like a weapon for the Lord. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it just, it just took, it took an encounter with Jesus. <laughs> Where just out of curiosity, do you remember the encounter you had? Was it like at a worship service or was it just over time or? It was, um, I like one specific encounter and then like lot, and then like little encounters after that. Um, but we were at, um, I was a part of the young adults group that my cousin like called crying out. Um, and we were all, all of us, it was probably about 30, 30 to 50 young adults would gather like two to four times a week and just pray and worship. And it was amazing. And, um, there was a season where we were all just going through kind of these deliverance, um, sessions where like we would all be worshiping and the power of God would come in and, um, and, um, the leaders would just start ministering to people and people were just getting set free from all kinds of crazy stuff um, and getting healed and, and all that too. But, um, I just remember, um, my cousin Christy and the other leader, um, his name was Edgar. Um, love Edgar. Me. Yes. Edgar's <laughs> we awesome. love Christy too, obviously. Yes, we do. <laughs> and they, um, and they just came up to me and were like, Hey, you having a hard time? And I was like, Yes. 
and um, they could just tell by the Holy Spirit that some things were going on that I was struggling with and stuff. And I just said, like, I've been having nightmares and I've had nightmares since I was little. And I, I literally guys would like wake up from these nightmares and have like physical marks on my body. Like, wow. like I would dream I would like gotten scratched by some monster and I woke up with scratches on my body, like yeah. super sketchy yeah. stuff. And so, um, they just prayed, they just prayed for it to go away. And like, I felt the Lord, like Holy Spirit came and just filled me. And, and I just like, those moments were like, you know, like it's gone, like you're free. Right. That's and awesome. I just felt that. Yeah. And, and, and then learning about the authority had, like I had after that, um, was just these little encounters with people like, man, I'm having all these nightmares. And I'm like, I had nightmares, but then Jesus set me free. And it was like the power of the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. And like, they got freedom too. It was cool. It's crazy how, and I mean, the word talks about this, like that whenever there's agreement in something that where two or more gathered together and there's agreement in Jesus name, like it shall be done. Like, (laughs) and I love that. And the thing is like, um, I think with those sort of situations, like we feel so powerless and it's like, as soon as God sets you free, like you may be in a pit with that, with that thing. But as soon as you get out of that pit and like you talked about this a little bit, but like whenever those things do come back up, like, you know, the way out of that pit, you've already gotten out of it before. So you get more and more comfortable with picking up those tools Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, I know, I know the way out of this thing. And, and it helps you lead others out of that same pit. And I think that's such a great thing. Um, What about you, Brenna? I think mine was a long process. Um, and I, the self-condemnation and fear was attached to shame too. And so, um, I think it was a combination of trusted, vulnerable, amazing leaders that I would open up to and actually talk to. Um, and also shifting my really diving into the word, shifting my view of God. Cause I think growing up, I had a, a view of God that was, that was off, um, and less fatherly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and also just spending more time in my room, just worshiping and loving the Lord and knowing that he is all I need. And it's not me like walking out this like perfect life, doing everything right, never messing up. Um, that's not it. Actually, when I fall on my knees and mess up and fail at something, is like this opportunity to lean on the Lord and actually set me free. And so he just showed me more and more just through different things. The word, me, just, it's like it was a head and heart kind of coming together that was um, layers and years and processing. But um it was definitely a walking out and I'm still like, you know, there's still little bits here and there that like try to rise up and I'm like, Nope, no more of that. You know? Um, so God's given me the tools. And I mean, I even like it sometimes would, I made all these note cards of like different scriptures that I would, I'll bring out sometimes and remind myself when like any lie about myself creeps up or a voice in my head that I know is not from the Lord. And if I'm like tired that day, I'll just pull them out. I'm like, Nope, Nope. And just read the word, read the truth. And then like, it goes, Um, and then, or I'll get on my hands and knees and I just like worship and love on him and then like shift my focus from it. Um, remember that really what my focus is and what the goal of my life is, is intimacy with Christ. It's him. He's got me. Um, and it's not about, and so when I start to, I, I, I've learned my like triggers and what, like when I feel myself going in that direction, I'm like, not going to swirl in it anymore. That's not living. That's not what God sent the son to die for. And that's not the way I'm going to keep going. So it's been definitely a long process of different tools that I've kind of like collected. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think but it gets easier I mean, and easier. Fun. <laughs> in some seasons, you might need one tool more than the other, you know. And yeah. And I love that positioning your eyes on the Father, like in worship, because as soon as you start magnifying 
got, like whatever mm-hmm. you magnify gets bigger. And so if you focus yes. in mm-hmm. on your fear, then that's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Whereas if you focus exactly. in on God, you see how, mm-hmm. how big God is. And it's like, yep. okay, that's puny. Yeah. Like, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I know for my, for me, uh, you know, God, I had such a cool experience with my dad. There was a, a weird situation, uh, within my family and I had to, uh, talk with, I remember exactly the place I was sitting, but like I was in a parking lot at a tanning bed. Um, (laughs) I went to the tanning bed a ton in college and don't do that girls. Like, Oh, I had a sunspot removed, like in my early twenties and like, it sucked. Um, (laughs) but I was in the parking lot at a tanning bed and I remember we were having some family issues and a lawyer had called me asking me to rehearse all the good things about my dad. And I remember as I was sitting there, um, getting freedom and deliverance in that parking lot, just in my car. And just as I was telling of the good things of my dad, oh, <laughs> as I was Sorry. telling of the good things of my dad in that car, it was like, I was reminded like, okay, you can focus on the things where he's offended or where he's hurt, um, Mm -hmm. intentionally or unintentionally, or you can focus in on all the things that where your dad has been a good father. Um, and it, it, I just remember Mm -hmm. like in that moment, I forgave him. And, um, and and then later on, I reprocessed some, some of the things through that sozo, but just forgiving and releasing. And, um, now I'm pretty, like I said, I'm pretty quick to, if, if something like that comes up, whether it be with my dad or with a friend or with a coworker, like I'm pretty quick to go, I don't want to carry around that weight and that burden. That burden does not Mm -hmm. belong to me. Like if someone is talking harshly, like they're forgetting that I'm a child of God. Um, and I'm forgetting that they're a child of God if I'm taking offense. And so I need to quickly take that to father God. And so, um, Mm -hmm. anyway, it's, it's a cool thing. Um, So Mm -hmm. as far as, um, whenever it comes to victory, like you look at the story of Jonah and those people received victory from their repentance and from turning again, their focus on God as well. Um, and seeing how big God was and praying and fasting. And I think about like what parts of our city need victory. Like whenever y'all look at our region, um, of the Emerald coast, like what parts of our region and our city need a victory? right now I feel like um I mean I feel like New York needs a victory (laughs) big time it seems like they're like you know they're like they're hurting I I I think that some of this stuff is a little bit um by by the media made a way more intense than it is but at the same time like it seems like being in that close quarters um and how quickly like things are spread for them and stuff sorry Millie's okay. amening me. Um, so, um, yeah, I just feel I think those people need a victory, man. Like they got, they got to get free and get out and, you know, enjoy the city again. You know, like that place is, there are some beautiful parts to New York city and, and it's just like, it's all just shut down. Right. That sucks. It's basically, as I can say that, like it just sucks and they need, they need freedom. <laughs> right. No, it's true. What do you think, Rena? Yeah, I would agree. I would say I kind of think more like on a a world scale of we, you know, victory from like 
like just so many distractions and what the world has to offer. It's so easy to, for that to be the focus. Um, so I think free from like routine and distractions and things that really don't matter in the end. Um, and really shifting our focus back to really like where our strength while we're alive, like remembering where we came from, um, and not being so like, just like letting go of control of like every single minute of the day, you know, and if that makes sense. Um, so that's kind of what I think of when I think of that. Yeah. One of the things I've been kind of processing is we, at first I was thinking it was like a love of money that kept coming to mind, but I think it's more so just idol worship in general. Like I think whenever we picture idol worship, we picture like a little figurine, like at the nail salon that they have sitting in the corner, like a little Mm -hmm. Buddha thing that they're like bowing down and worshiping and putting food out for. Like, that's what we think of when we think of an idol. But like in reality, like idol is anything that, um, you have your love and your affection upon over God. And I think our, we have a lot of idols as, as a world and as a nation and as a region, Mm -hmm. like, and one of our idols is money. And I think Mm -hmm. even in watching this pandemic thing go across the nations and uh, across the globe, like how many of our decisions have been based off of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even as, and as much as like, I've heard even on the news, like, well, we need to reopen this because we don't want the whole economy to collapse. And I'm like, okay, are we, like I'm cool with reopening whatever if we need to, but like, but we have to make sure we're doing it because it's the right timing, not because of money, if that makes sense. Um, and so that's where I just, but I think with idols, we just, we have our affections on a lot of other things, whether it be, you know, I don't know, it just all different things. So I think us turning our eyes back on God is a good thing. Um, and I yeah, see with the people in Nineveh, like, they, they sat down and they said, okay, God, you're God. I'm not. And I love that. Like they got their path to victory from saying you're God and I'm not. And when, whether it's saying like, okay, you're God of my dreams and you're God of my fears and you're God Mm -hmm. of my, you know, relationships or whatever, God of my money. Like you're the one that gives me a job. You're the one that gives me security with school. Like, you know, like as soon as you're able to relent and say, okay, God, like you are God, I'm not like, I, I yeah. think there's a huge path to victory that happens. Um, mm-hmm. but I just, I've really enjoyed this series and just talking about like being submitted to God and walking in obedience and just hearing both of your stories in that, um, and how God has used that and worked in your lives. And I just want to say thank you for sharing this month. <laughs> you're welcome. Happy to. <laughs> Well, girls, I just want to remind y'all that um, next month we have a new series coming up and it's called Found Free. And so we have voices of freedom and stories of freedom that we're going to be sharing um, all through the month of May. And so I'm really excited. We have Sula Skiles, who is, um, she's an amazing pastor, author, friend, uh, activist. She she was in sex trafficking and got out of it. And so she's going to be sharing her freedom story in the month of May. We have, um, Stephen Kraft is going to be sharing his freedom story. And he, he talks a lot about bondage in your mind and, 
And so I'm excited to hear his story and, and I'm just, I'm, and then Holly Myers is sharing her story. And so I just, I think y'all are going to love it, but I also want to remind you guys to please subscribe to our podcast and like it, review it. Um, whenever you do that, I know it sounds really corny just to plug that, but whenever you do that, it actually gets us higher rankings so that more people hear the word of God and the word goes out and we want the word to go out and not return void. So please do that for us. And then we want to remind you that our girls conference is in October and registration opens July 1st and we cannot wait. So we hope you'll sign up. We do have girls leadership trainings uh, for girls ministry in July and August and um, in May as well. And so we just want you girls to take the opportunity to sign up for those things. Go to wavesgirlsconference.com. We hope you have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com and our social media at wavesgirlsconference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.